Hey, welcome back to yet another episode of the Terry Summers podcast. And I've been in a mode lately, if you've been listening, of looking to and uh, leaning on and calling up and bringing forth those people who motivate me and inspire me to not wait until tomorrow. I was really having a hard time kind of thinking about how I wanted to pinpoint the intro into this particular person that I have with me today as my guest because there are just so many categories that he could fit into. Um, Super talent is one. You know, I, I've been thinking about um, myself and how blessed I am. Like, I'm, I'm, I, I know that a lot of people have wonderful people in their lives. I'm not trying to compare or say, hey, I've got this over on you. But I might have it over on a few people because I have so many I mean, I'm sort of speechless. I have so many gifted, super talented people in my life. And uh, this gentleman that I have with me today that you're going to meet here in just a sec, he is a longtime friend of mine. um, And I'll recall with him just how uh, long I've known him, but he is a super talent. I have been putting on some of my social media um, clips of, of some of his music and you have to go find it and listen. I'll also include it in the notes section, um, links to his music, some of his, uh, just recent casual recordings that I think that he did them for his wife actually for their anniversary, but he is just, ah, gosh, I mean, he's just super good. And, he also inspires me though because he is a leader and he is a go-getter and he is someone that has been doing some things in his own life where he's just not waiting till tomorrow and you know that that is a aha moment kind of thing that I had um with uh starting this podcast and things that I have just learned recently about what was stirring in me is this desire to not put things off So I wanted to honor him and his process. Plus, you know, we went for a good while without um, having like a a regular contact with each other. And I just think, you know, particularly in the shadow of Valentine's Day, um, the love of friendships that don't, um, that don't die, you know, I mean, they, they live even if they're not getting all the nurture that you'd like for them to have or or um, they aren't um, vibrantly present in your lives, those friendships that you can still tap into. And this is one that has come back round. Um, and uh, Jeff reached out to me, uh, I, you know, like, I don't know, less than a year ago. And we have just rekindled and um, infused a friendship. Uh, I'm also in love with his wife, uh, Kathy, and I appreciate her and, um, can't wait to maybe get a chance to hang out with her too over the phone or in person. They don't live in my state, but we're going to do something about that. Well, without further ado, 
I am going to introduce you to somebody who is just super cool, super cool and super smart and super talented. Here's Jeff Mullen. Do you see the little recording dot up there, Jeff? I do. It's very exciting. Yay. Um, Prior to uh, folks hearing you right now, I will have introduced you somewhat, but um, let's just reminisce a little bit that we've known each other for a good dang long time. I mean, given the fact that we're as young as we are, it is a good dang long time. I'm trying to actually recall that, but I think it was 1992 um, that I met you. That sounds right. Does that sound right? Mm-hmm. It does sound right. And um, we were both, I don't know, under seven, right? Somewhere around there? I think between five and seven. Five and seven. Yep, yep. Buzz at first sight. <laughs> Um, and you are, I'm going to brag on you a little bit, probably a lot. Oh, please. You are are dynamic. Look at me. My audience can't see my hands, but you are dynamic. Um, (laughs) you have a presence and a personality and a warmth that comes into the room way ahead of you. And you're talented off the charts. Like when I hear the name Jeff Mullen, I immediately go to those two things. This, 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 this dynamic, charismatic personality. I also think of you immediately as a leader. So um, we both worked at a uh, church in Glendale, Arizona that was of its day and time ahead of the curve in terms of the concept of of megachurch. It was back when we really didn't even use those terms much. Um, Lutheran in denomination, but I say loosely because it it didn't have all of the bells and whistles of of a typical Lutheran church. But you came along and you came in in the role of what? Well, as a pastor of performing arts. Right. Title. And, and they were big on performing arts. That, that's why I was even associated with them. And I've told the story before that I came to be associated because I do comedy and I speak to students and they brought me in to do some of that for a winter retreat, yada, yada. But anyway, you came in and um, you and I also had some connections, though, backstory from the college that you graduated from. Do you want to tell us a little bit about um, your history? Because there's so much to you, but we'll start with how we met in that realm, what you were doing and who you are and what did you come to the table with when you, when you came to Community Church of Joy? Well, when we were at, um, you know, I went to Azusa Pacific University and um, I'm a sixth Which generation. Southern California. Southern California, Azusa, California, right by Pasadena. Um, I'm sixth generation clergyman. So the one thing I did not want to do leaving college was go into ministry because <laughs> I had already seen the underbelly, right? And I uh, wasn't bitter about it, just that I, I didn't want to do that. And God had different plans, yada, yada, yada. I went into ministry. Yeah. Um, we left, we, after leaving um, college, we got, Kath and I got married and we went to San Jose. 
And that was our first ministry. And then we actually started in a multi-church or multi-campus situation where we, where we had three campuses. But this is back before there were cell phones. This is back oh, before. Oh, wow. Yeah. That, so that was progressive. Uh-huh. It, it was. You know, so we learned a lot about work ethic. We learned a lot about creativity and the arts. We were in portable. Uh, we had one or two, we had two locations that were, um, what, usable, usable to not, not portable. That's the right word for that. And then another one that was portable. So we learned a lot of team building. We learned a lot about the arts and I learned um, a lot about leading worship, that kind of a thing. I, I knew I could sing, right? But it's a whole different thing when singing is one thing, but leading people is another. So I had great, um, great examples there in staff. And then because I was, I was at a conference, music conference, uh, Dr. Bonner was our Dean of School of Music at, at, at Azusa. I was there in our room and he said, you know what, you need to meet so-and-so. And that was Bev, right, from Community Church of Joy. I said, okay, I'll meet her. I like to meet people. So we met, we talked, we chatted. She's like, well, you know what, we're looking for someone to fill the role of, I don't even remember what the title was, but yeah. ultimately ended up being that, you know, pastor performing arts. Right. And so we just started a conversation. And candidly, I don't really recall how it progressed, but it went from there, I think probably to you know leadership and from leadership interviews and those kind of things. And we said, yes, we moved there. And that's how you and I connected, right. uh, was on staff. Um, how long were you, you and Kathy there? You know, we were there for just two and a half years. I was gonna say around two. Yeah, I think it could have been two. We were in San Jose for three and a half, then in Phoenix for two. And then we invested um, 20 years in Des Moines, Iowa. Wow. I yeah. remember being super sad when you, when you guys left. I, I just, it, it was like a, it rocked me, you know? And then we, we, when you, I, I think initially I tried to, we both tried to at least have some contact and follow you and you mean keep up with what was going on. But then a lot of years passed and then you, um, we're, I'm going to backtrack a little bit to pick up where we left off, but then you reached out to me not terribly long ago, and we dusted off this friendship that I've always um, held close to me. I remember I got engaged shortly before you guys left um, Arizona, and I was so agitated that you would not be around to sing at my wedding, <laughs> because you have one of the best voices that has been ever been, been given to to anyone particularly a male can we and, do this podcast every day because i need to hear this every single day <laughs> well you got to and kathy can sing too kathy has a beautiful sultry very unique voice and the two of you together oh my goodness I want to just harken back for one second. Harken. I have a lot of listeners that are not churched people. They don't understand when you say lead worship. What does that mean to you? Because you could do it really well. Well, thank you. Um, well, it can mean a lot of things to a lot of different people, but basically, you know, typically, and it can look a lot different. It can sound a lot different depending on what part of the country or the world you're in, mm -hmm. uh, depending on culture, depending on a lot of a lot of variables. But you know, the, the congregation people gather together as a as a larger body typically on weekends. It can be any any night of the week or any day of the week, but they typically 
in North America will gather together on, on Sunday morning or a Saturday night. And then, you know, way back in the day, you'd have hymn books. Now it's more contemporary and things are up on big screens, but people sing together. And basically there's a worship leader and then he started way back in the Old Testament, if you want to go that far back. But there's someone that kind of steps out in front who leads the congregation in, you know, in singing in praise to, we say, Almighty God. And um, so as a leader, and, and leaders do it differently too. I just, I lead stronger vocally. Some, you know, back in the day, there would be song, they call them song leaders. So they'd kind of direct the right. congregation kind of a thing. But mine was, has been more vocally led. And, um, and we were, have been really fortunate to have, um, have led worship with extraordinary musicians. Uh, we just, uh, I'm just, I look back, I'm so grateful for, the enormous talent. I mean, in Des Moines, especially, we we had a full a full horn section, rhythm section, percussion, because it has a really rich music community. And so, I was fortunate to lead some pretty uh, cool, I, I think, music a lot, a lot more R and B driven, kind of a pop R and B sound. Right. And um, but that's kind of what it is to lead people in worship of God. Um, so you were in Des Moines for a good bit of time. I'm just trying to get your timeline. And then um, you transitioned and you made another move, which was, to me, a, seemed like a super big one, um, to, you know, uh, head back west. What prompted that? Where are y'all now? Well, now we're, most people call it Las Vegas. We're in Henderson, Nevada. Henderson's just a huge, huge, huge city. So we're in southeast uh, Henderson kind of up a little foothill area. And we, when um, we transitioned out of what we call vocational ministry as a pastor in, into real estate, and then our girls were getting a little bit older and one got, daughter goes off to college and then the other daughter goes off to college and we're in a, you know, a pretty large home. And Kath and I just look at each other like, well, you know, there's no, there's no promise that the girls are coming back to Des Moines. We had the greatest friends of our lives there. I mean, just, just wonderful 20 years worth of, I mean, of birthday parties with the same people, right? They were in the birthing room and came to all the birthday parties. And so it was, it was difficult, painful to leave, but I also know a lot of people who they think about making a transition. They think about moving. They think about, and then I've just seen this and it sounds kind of dark, but then one of the couple, they get, they get sick, they get cancer, something happens, someone passes away and they never really do the things that they wanted to do. So with the girls both in college, we and we had visited the Las Vegas area many times and just love it. Just love the community, love the, gosh, it's 70 degrees today, right? And Chicago is three and right. zero. And so we enjoy the weather, enjoy the entertainment. And it got us closer. Kathy's family's in Oregon, Portland, Oregon. And, and my mom's about three hours south of us in California. And I thought, you know what? We can get there quickly. We get one flight from Las Vegas. I'm like a Las Vegas promo right now, but you know, <laughs> you get one, just about one flight to anywhere, wherever the girls land, because you know, our oldest is getting married in June, and I'm going to guess our younger one will be not that far behind her. But who knows where they'll be, right? Because jobs take you, and family takes you, and so we decide Las Vegas. We love it here. It's centrally located, and we really do. We've connected into a wonderful church and gotten to know people, and that's yeah, a pretty nice deal. Super cool. I, I'm so tickled for you guys. And I was so thrilled. We kind of followed each other on Facebook, you and I, um, loosely, and then um, had a great conversation. And I thank you for 
reaching out to me and like I said, sort of dusting the dust off of our, um, our friendship. That's kind of why I wanted you to, to join me in the podcast. Um, because I know that Valentine's day is coming up and though, you know, it has is earmarked for romance and those kinds of relationships. Um, you're a heart relationship for me. You've been such an encourager and I think you naturally have those gifts to encourage. And, and I think I am one too, but um, I've just appreciated this, this resurgence of your presence in my life and reaching out to me with um, uh, comments, whether it's through social media or what have you. And I thought what a great thing to honor is a, is a long standing friendship that may have, you know, sat a little quiet for a while, but I think particularly in a time like this, when we are um, sitting smack dab still, I mean, can we believe it? We thought that might come and go and it would be gone by now. But this pandemic that has many of us so isolated, what a joy and an honor uh, and a gift to be able to have friendships that um, enrich us. So I, I can't say enough about... Um, how tickled I am that we're connected again. I want to talk about your gifts as a vocalist. You, dude, you just, is there a place I can send people like right now, as soon as they stop listening to this, so they can hear some of you, so they can understand what it is I'm talking about? I mean, the richness to your voice is like, it's just awesome. You are really gifted. And when did you, first of all, tell me, is there someplace someone can go to listen? Well, I mean, if they want, I mean, I think I've got a Christmas album called uh, Now. Yes, um, you do. Now This yes, Is Christmas. It's on iTunes and Spotify and, you know, where, wherever they're going to look for it. Now and this what's is the Christmas. title of it? I might have spoken over you. It's okay. Now This Is Christmas. Now This Is Christmas. Jeff um, Mullen. <clears throat> yep. Okay, yep. cool. Yep. Awesome. Well, we'll get them over there to listen, even though we're a ways away from Christmas, but we could be preparing for the next 11 months with you. That, that's right. They could. Christmas is every day in my heart. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, other stuff? Well, you know, I just, I, I haven't posted it anywhere, but I, I did a recording for my wife for our anniversary, uh, just standards, just straight up standards. No way. Um, and I should get that out posted. Um, there are some various videos that are out there because I'd sing with two other guys. It's kind of Rat Packish, and a big band in Newport Beach. We'll go down to Jack's Hideaway and just do a, a big band night. It's kind of a, yeah, really much, pretty much a, a Rat Pack kind of a thing. And it's just great fun. These guys are great singers and just a hoot. Can they Google you or is there a name or what would they, how would they find, stumble upon that? Yeah, they could probably just Google my name. Jeff Mullen. I'm not sure that could be a frightening thing. Yeah. Well, I'll, you know what? I might do the homework and then I'll put it on the notes to this. Yeah. Um, I'll tell you what I could, cause I could send you some videos, some <laughs> video links if you want to post that. That would be super cool. When did you first know that you could sing? Well, I started singing when I was young. I was probably 15, 16 years old, yeah. but I was primarily a trumpet player. So I was really focused on playing my horn more than anything. And it was, um, Really, you know, it was uh, about my first week in college. I mean, I knew I could sing. I just didn't pay much attention to it. I just I played my trumpet. And um, 
I sang for the dean of, of music and he said, do you play trumpet? I said, yeah, I play trumpet. He said, do you sing? I said, yeah, I kind of sing. So I sang for him, I played for him. And it was the first week where in, I'm sitting in the orchestra playing and he was notorious for just pointing at people to sing a solo. Well, I didn't, I didn't know anyone yet. I mean, I had just, I mean, I was a week late showing up to college and, and I've got this book there and he just points at me. And I thought I was going to wet myself. <laughs> Oh, what what are you doing to me here? And he walks down and he just hands me the music. And he says, stand up and sing. Who was this? Uh, his name is Dr. Gary Bonner. Bonner, okay, yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah just yeah. brilliant, brilliant man, brilliant conductor. No, for sure. And he just, he stepped down off of his conducting podium and he handed me a piece of music. And he said, the solo's coming up. And I had never seen the music before. I'd never heard the song before. Oh, anything. Wow. All I know is I was sitting in an orchestra, standing or sitting in an orchestra, looking up at about 120 singers. And I'm the trumpet player that he hands the music to to sing the solo. Get out. So that's, you know, so I, I really started to grow and learn from there and grow and call. I think we all, as we just get so older. So he wanted to show you off, Jeff. Well, or terrify me. It was one oh, of the well, two maybe. things. <laughs> maybe maybe to, to, to at least get you in the correct lane by terrifying you, but then he wanted to show you off. Well, that was just... all singers. That is so cool. Well, I knew he had something to show off. I know, I know that uh, most of what I've heard you sing has been in the church setting, but um, when you say the Rat Pat stuff, dude, I got to go look that up because I can so hear you. I know, I just know I can, like, I, I, I will always know your voice in my head and um and i i love that i love when um I, i've been very blessed to have lots of super talents uh come into my life you know whether sure. you know they were directors or writers or or actors or artists what have you and you though vocally you're in a pocket all on your own um and but i love i love the fact that i know you for many reasons but that is definitely one of them and i always say to people um if i'm sharing i know i've shared with you of you with my husband and i've just said you've got to have a chance to sit and listen to him live for sure but recordings of course i mean you're just super super gifted um so we need to have an opportunity to kind of hear you when do you go to california when like how often do you do that well, you know, the COVID thing has just shut everything down. We did right. a couple of shows before that. So we're right. really kind of waiting for kind of a, a new opening, right? So right. we can get in and... I, I'm sorry. I totally forgot about that. I, no, I, that's just I, what it is. Yeah. yeah. But it's it's a gig that happens down near the ocean or something. Is that where I... Well, you know where John Wayne Airport is? Yeah, yeah. Uh, mm -hmm. It's literally across the street from John Wayne Airport. Oh, okay. It's a, okay. It's a great... It's about... Uh, probably seats 250 it's a breakfast it's a dinner club so you can go in you get your dinner and sit down and great music and oh it's fantastic oh we have to pray yeah. that there's jack hideaway we can open up california and do that because i'm that would be so super fun it's just a spit oh. from disneyland too which i heard rumbles that they might allow um california may allow some of the uh, amusement parks to reopen with 25% capacity. And I know I bet it'd be crazy to try and get in there, but maybe that's a good sign that you might find your, your gig opening up again. That would yeah, that'd be great fun. Yeah, um, in your um, calling me, we had a great conversation to catch up, but you recommended a book 
and this is just like your nature to share, you know, um, you recommended a book um, called the 4-8 principle. Um, can you tell, because I, and I got it and not only did I get it, I got it for all of my family members for Christmas. Um, and then I also got the, the book that follows that as well. But initially, um, will you talk about that just a little bit, your experience with the book? And I, I, I will say that there will be people that totally get the reference to 4-8, but then there will be a mass amount of, well, I don't know how massive my listening audience is, but there'll be a mass amount of people who don't get it, don't understand the reference. So would you sure. introduce us a little bit to that book? Sure. Uh, Tommy Newberry is a, uh, is, a, is a life coach for CEOs and brilliant, brilliant man, brilliant writer. And I came across this book and it just started transforming my life. I, I mean, he can say so much in so few words. And the, so the premise of the book, he started off with um, the 4-8 principle and then he turned it into what's called 40 Days to a Joy-Filled Life, which I encourage everyone to get because it's just a daily, yeah, taking maybe five, 10 minutes and it is just a wonderful encouragement to your life. But, uh, you know, Bible says in Philippians, there's a book called Philippians and it's broken down into chapters and verses and so it's Philippians 4, chapter four, verse eight. And it says, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about those things. And, you know, when you just, when you, when you, when I looked at that, I thought, all right, well, so there's a, there's a guy in, in Bible, his name is the Apostle Paul. So Paul wrote this. And um, I just think that the reason it was, well, I understand that God said, write this, right? So this is through the Holy Spirit. We didn't need to go through all that. But when Paul wrote this, he understood that we as people have the option to do the opposite. When he says, you know, think about those things that are true versus those lies that we believe. Think about those things that are noble. Like we hardly ever use that word noble. We think, we think a lot of crappy thoughts, I think, often. Think about those things that are right versus those things that are wrong. What is pure versus perverted? Whatever is lovely. I love that word, lovely. That's one of my favorite. Um, that's how I describe my wife, is lovely. Because I know that she's physically beautiful. But you know what? I've met some physically beautiful people who are just nothing but snakes in the grass and ugly people and mean-spirited. And No, think about those things that are lovely. Why? Because what's the option? We can think about all the other stuff that's garbage. Those things that are admirable. So the book itself basically challenges us to focus on a daily basis on those things. Mm -hmm. uh, um, you know, for eight, you can often, too often, we as married people, we can think highly and think the best of people that we work with. We can think the best of our next door neighbor. We can think the best of, best of, best of. But when it comes to our spouse, often if we're not careful, we can be their worst critic versus believing the best in them, mm -hmm. right? They are lovely. Think the kindest thoughts about your mate. Think the most lovely thoughts about your mate, your, your friendships. Your, you can do that with everyone, or we can be cynical. We can be jaded. We can allow our minds to linger you know, in places where it shouldn't. Mm -hmm. So that book just um, 
I think just really shook me in such a great way um, that that's what I am at. Shoot, I'm, I don't do that all the time. I'm not, I can become jaded and cynical too. I just have to, I have to notice those triggers when I'm getting that way and say, no, I choose to think on things that are good and honorable and right and lovely and pure. I'm not going to be the opposite because that's just not the way I want to live. And I've also chosen to surround myself with people like that. Yeah. Um, because, you know, we end up becoming a lot like the people we hang around most with. How could we not? Yeah. Exactly. So, the, you know, you want, to be, you want to become cynical, jaded? Just, it's easy to go find cynical, jaded friends. Yeah. I just choose not to hang out with those people because they, they just suck the life out of you. I mean, I love people. I'll minister to people. I'll care for them, but I'm not going to hang out with them. Right. And that's one of the reasons I, I didn't even get into the book that much before I knew I wanted to get it for my family members because those are the folks that, not that I, and, and it's a book that I will continue to give and want to have some here at home um, so that I can give it. But for that reason that I know that I'm in relationship with these people and I want them to benefit as well. And the fact that I'm in relationship with them, I want to be the beneficiary selfishly enough of also seeing that, you know, that affects on the life, but it really, really um, is, it's a great book. It and, is. Uh, and the second one is called, I don't have it in front of me, but the second four, one is called. Yeah, 40 Days to a Joy-Filled Life. Right. And he basically takes the 4-8 principle and breaks it down to a, into, into 40 days. And so you just chunk it out for 40 days. I actually said, I used to keep, literally, I'd have two or three boxes of them in my truck just to give, 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 give. I sent a uh, 100 of them or so to um, armed forces. I was talking with a, a guy in our church, and he said, Jeff, it's just so discouraging. People, the guys here are just so discouraged and so broken down. They're away from their family. We're all, you know, gone from our families, and it's just difficult. So I got his address, and I just shipped off 100 books to him. And his report back, he's like, dude, this is changing everything here. This is changing guys' hearts and lives. They're finding encouragement where everything here is pretty much discouraging. Right. He said, everything here is impure. I mean, the way people talk stuff that's going on it didn't go too far i'm not going to elaborate too much on it yeah, yeah. but this is just changing everything because it's changing our mindset like yep absolutely well true. and then that rolled into another thought that i had about you and i'm i'm hitting some biggies i know i'll have you back on the podcast if you're willing but um before we close i want to kind of touch on something um that I've been leading with, even in my thinking, and as I listen and look at people that are examples of it, is um, the idea of not waiting till tomorrow to do some things that are important, that either it's something you desire or have longed to do or need to do or a combination. Um, and I, I, in sharing with my um, listeners and my friends and my family, I have just shared that in taking a step back in May to do the podcast, um, of course I want it to be successful. Of course there's room for improvement, but the fact that I stepped out to do it was really the beginning of something um, that I have, uh, that has shifted in me. And it was not waiting to, to do something, no matter the timing or the glitches that you might perceive, and I want to honor people and, and speak to people who are doing the same. Well, I 
follow you and on Facebook, and I know that you launched out uh, late November, right smack in the holiday season, to take on something that you didn't want to delay anymore. And, and are you willing to talk about that a little bit? I sure will. I mean, I, I tossed it out there on Facebook, and it, it was candidly the most, one of the most embarrassing or humbling moments. Um, I did. I guess I. I didn't think I was quite that prideful, but I um, I've struggled with my weight, and um, for years, and up and down and up and down, and I really got to a point. I guess this past year or so, where I just thought, you know what, this is just going to be the way it is. I'm just going to be the guy trying to hide behind people in the picture. I'm not going to want to be in the selfie. I'm not going to, I'm just going to be fat and unhappy about it. And I try to tell myself, Oh, I can, you know, I know God loves me the way I am. And I know my wife loves me the way and she does. She loves me the way I am, but it just wasn't good enough. Um, and a, a friend of mine challenged me uh, on that level. He's like, Jeff, you don't, it doesn't have to be that way. Mike, I've, I've tried it all. I've tried it. I've done it. And I'm exhausted from it. And I just finally quit. I get, I've given up. And um, he said, well, how about if you couldn't fail? I said, well, I don't see that really working, but okay, I'll bite. <laughs> I've done it before. I'll uh, give it a shot again. Anyway, so I, you're right. It was, um, I had to help my wife. I'm like, it was, it was December 2nd. So we were the end of November. And I'm telling her, like, you know what? Here's this program I, I, from friends who have done it. I've seen them lose hundreds of pounds and, and keep their weight off over years. I said, if you're willing to let me and you're willing to partner with me again, I'll try it again. And not try, but I'll do it. And so literally, December, she's like, really, you're going to start this December 2nd? And we're going to go into, you know, just got out of Thanksgiving, we're going to Christmas, and we're going on vacation, and our vacations are just eat fests. I mean, it's just, it's great, fun time with family, but all we do is eat. I said, you know what, if I can do it in December, I can do it. I can make it happen. So I just did, I posted these oh, painful pictures of how large I was, and um, because that's part of the deal, I could, if I post it online, then I'm accountable to a whole lot of people. And um, so I just I jumped in and literally in 21 days, I lost 20 pounds. <laughs> and I talked with my coach because in this program, you get a free coach. And um, I talked with him. He said, Jeff, here's the deal. You need to make a decision going away. I'm like, what am I going to do on vacation? Now I'm just trying to get a little bit frantic about, you know, vacation and how do I manage that? He's like, well, he said, before you've not been making decisions. You've just been eating. He said, now you have the right to make a decision. He said, you could go and you could stay on program and it will be hard. He said, or you can go, eat responsibly, enjoy family time, be at the dinner table, don't be a weirdo. And you may, <laughs> you may not lose any weight. He said, you may gain a couple pounds, but you made the decision to eat what you're going to eat versus the past, which is I would just eat right. with, without any thought about how many calories I'm putting in my body or how much, whatever it is, right? No thought about it. So what, it, it was true. I went, we had a blast. I did not eat nearly as much as I would in the past because I'm learning and that's not the person I want to be. I gained four pounds over 10 days. Well, 
I can gain four pounds in about an hour and a half <laughs> on, on, on a weekend. So um, anyway, so it's just you know an amazing journey, and you know, so now I'm, I'm three months in, and I'm 35 pounds down. Jeff, and um, I just feel great, and and I'm so thankful for the people, the coaching process. You know, and I'm, I'm also I'm also now coaching people, and I'm a, I can share with them my real life journey. Right. Um, I wasn't born an athlete and lived like an athlete and, you know, so I can help others. And I love, love, love helping others. I've been able to do that this week with guys that I, I help both men and women, but the guys that I talked to this week, I share with you just a little bit earlier that um, if these guys don't do something about their lives, they're going to die. Um, they, they have, they're on multiple medications. They're, they're literally eating and drinking themselves to death. And I'm not being dramatic. I just know that if you're going to drink four um, liters of Diet Coke every day and eat fast food every day and not exercise, um, you're not going to live long. I've got another buddy who's, you know, blood pressure is through the roof and diabetes medicine, and he's 250 pounds overweight. But both these guys, I mean, one guy's got two kids. They're not even junior high yet. I'm like, come on, man. I understand you went through a divorce this year. That was brutal. Now, get over it. I go like to Bible, and there's a guy, this king named David, right, who lost a child. And in Bible, it says he mourned and wept, and he was sorrowful and all this stuff. And then he said, now I'm done. Mm. Now I'm moving forward. Okay. And I told him, so buddy, you went through a hard divorce. I'm sorry. It was brutal. I went through it with you, but said, so you're, you're going to get to a point where you say, I'm done. So I got to that point in my weight where I'm like, you know what? No, I, this is not God's best for me. Not the best. For, I want to be healthier for me. I want to be healthier for my wife. I want to be healthier for, I've got a daughter getting married in June. Right. I want to be there. And you know, no one can guarantee how many days we have. Right. right. But I can do the very best with the days that I have. Mm -hmm. So my goal is to be that for my daughters, for if we have grandchildren, for my friends. Um, I just want to live large until I die, right? I just yeah. want to be as healthy as possible, and then I'll die because one day we will. Yeah. But uh, but I, I don't want to die sickly, and I, I want yeah. to do my best to be healthy. So yeah, it's been amazing, just amazing. Um, I think I've used the word amazing now 17 times, but. But it is. It is. It's amazing. It is. It's fruitful. It brings me joy. I mean, you know, I sleep and I've got energy. I've got I mean, all of those th things that are so beneficial to losing weight, getting healthy. Um, I'm now kind of reaping those things. So it's, it is pretty cool to be on that, but it was, it was hard to just throw it out there. But I think we all get to a certain point in time when we have to get real, no matter what it is. You know, right. Food, it's what, whatever it is, but then get real, but then take action. Right. I, I am so inspired and I got, I was getting choked up when I was hearing you say, when Kathy said, um, you sure you want to do this right now? And you didn't put it off. You did it knowing that there were things that weren't quite ideal about that. And that is super inspirational. And then like you, which this seems to just be um, um, a natural thing in you to share and to, to head into the coaching. Is there a way if there are people that are listening and would really appreciate having a guy like you that uh, has 
put the pedal to the metal, knows the situation for himself, that would like to have to come have you come alongside them in this um, this program as a coach, is there a way that people could reach out to you so that they, I mean, is that cool or do you deal with specifically people that you know or, or is it relationship driven that you're coaching? Oh, no. I, and I have friends who are referring friends. I have friends who are healthy and fit and feel great, but they're referring friends that I don't, that I don't know. So I think an easy way of doing it would be to, you know, I, I, cause I'm not like Mr. Promo on this, but really my Facebook page, Okay. Um, you can, you know, find me on Facebook is really pretty easy. If you've got a place to put in a link, I can give you the link to my Facebook page. Yeah. Um, I don't know that I wouldn't want to throw my phone number out there, but I'll talk to you about no, that. No, but I mean, do you have an uh, email address or, a, or yeah, a, just, it's, it's just my name, Jeff, J E F F at Jeff Mullen.com. So it's J E F F at J E F F M U L L E N. Dot com. Perfect. And if, yeah, if you email me, I'll, I'll get back to you very quickly. Yeah. And um, yeah, if it's time to get real, if it's time to get truly healthy, if you've tried it, tried it, tried it, tried it, and you feel like there's just no way, then I hope you'd call um, or email me. Go to my Facebook page. Sometimes the Facebook page can get a little bit muddy with, you know, friends or not friends or whatever. Instant message right. me. But yeah, email me because um, I love to come along people, alongside people. Now I'm I'm an encourager, but I'm also going to be straight with you. So if you want someone to not be straight with you, then don't. Yeah. Okay. No. No. Yeah. I think the frankness is part of it. But you had someone that was sort of being straight with you too, you know, and then exactly. gave that hook. Well, what if you knew you couldn't fail? I mean, that that is really. Um, something that someone wouldn't uh, just um, turn an ear to because that that failure, I'm sure, threatens so many people before they ever, you know, uh, get to the diving board. Uh, is Absolutely. The failure. So Absolutely, um, yeah. I'm just so grateful that you spent this time with me today. And um would it take much for me to get you to come back and do a pickup on this a little bit down the road and hear your progress and talk about some other things and all that? I would love it. Absolutely. I'll tell you love how, it. What a wonderful singer you are, Samar. No, will you promise? I promise. Okay, then I'll come back on. Well, Jeff, I'm going to say goodbye to you on this recording. Don't go away because I want to say goodbye to you once we're done. But I thank you so much. And for those that are listening, let me just remind you, if you want to reach out to him, make sure you go Google him and figure out how you can hear him uh, singing on Spotify or, or some of the other um, iTunes, what have you. And it is the name of the album again, the, the, um, now, yeah, now this is Christmas. Now this is Christmas, Jeff Mullen. Or if you want some, uh, encouragement to not put off things for another day, reach out to him at Jeff, J E F F at Jeff Mullen.com M U L L E N. So I'm going to let you go, my friend, but hang on. You and I can say goodbye, and I can't wait till you come back and visit. Awesome. Love you, my friend. All right. Love you, too. I thank you, Jeff. You have inspired me again today um, listening to you, and uh, I'm just going to keep spending time with people like Jeff that do things um, 
on behalf of their own good and don't put them off until tomorrow. I think that is just um, where I'm going to sit. That's a sweet, sweet place uh, in the pocket, so to speak. So uh, Jeff will be back. We'll have him back. He's a great leader. And I want to talk more about the book with him. We didn't get into that nearly as much as we could because that's just been a great, um, um, not even an inspiration. It's just been a great bed to lay down, foundation um, to have or re, re um, um, a support system, a support, those thinkings and those thoughts of um, the 4-8 principle. But make sure you go check out my social media and listen to this fellow. Also, um, we left information about how you can reach out to him if you just like someone to come alongside of you, you know, which we all need that. We do, particularly in an age where we are battling being alone and locked in the house and things like that, that to have someone that can reach out and say, Hey, we might not be able to, um, be right next door to each other, but I want to help you in this quest for health. So, um, contact Jeff at Jeff at Jeff at Jeff That sounded a little tricky. And he will be glad to reach out to you. So thank you for yet another visit with me on the Terry Summers podcast. And I can't wait to hang with you next week. Bye.